Hi, I'm Bill the Counselor. Welcome to The Gentle Podcast, a place to learn new skills to repair wounded relationships and enrich great relationships. I'm a licensed professional counselor with over 40 years experience as a counselor and over 40 years experience being married. If you want to learn how to repair broken relationships, recover from damaging relationships, build new healthy relationships, or to enrich an existing relationship, this is the podcast for you. Hey, Counselor Bill here, your host for another session of The Gentle Podcast. Hopefully that will help you build important relationship skills to preserve and enhance your most important relationships. Today I'm going to be talking about uh, something that I call the 3 by 6 model. It's a model to help people with their psychological, emotional, behavioral, and relationship health. Uh, I'm going to be focusing in particular today on couple relationships with this 3 by 6 model, but the skills that I'm going to talk about are integral to any healthy relationship of your life. So here's uh, the 3 by 6 model. It's, uh, it's, it's basically a set of relational skill sets. It's three lists of six items each. And I did it that way because uh, it's easier to remember, for one thing. And anything that's easy to remember is going to be easier to consistently use. I don't know about you, but when I get directions for something uh, and they're too complicated or they're too convoluted, too confusing, I tend to not use that tool at all. So uh, I put the three by six model together to make it a little more convenient for, for people to use. Um, and before I begin to outline those, uh, I'm going to be talking about all three briefly, but uh, one, one of the lists in particular today called the six positive practices. But I'd like to mention before I go into that, that, you know, self-improvement change uh, requires us to keep guiding principles in front of us. And we have to keep them in front of us long enough for those principles to become behavioral habit. So while the things I'm going to be talking about are really quite uh, simple to understand, I, I hope I've put them in a format that makes that easy to understand and remember, it's also important to remember that we have to practice the things that we learn. If we don't practice them, we're not going to get good at them. And Chances are they'll slip away from us. I, I can't remember who said it. Perhaps uh, uh, Groucho Marx? No, it wasn't Groucho. Uh, but someone said, you know, it takes 21 days to form a new habit. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know that um, this 3 by 6 model needs to be kept in front of us, and we need to practice it in order to make it work. And so what I'm going to do, as I mentioned, is I'm going to uh, tell you about each of the three lists of six in brief. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to go back and we're going to take a very closer, a deeper dive into the pot six positive practices. Um, so the six positive practices uh, are uh, intended to help us build and maintain mental, behavioral, emotional, relational, and spiritual health. Yeah, uh, because healthy relationship begins inside our own heads. Um, so this, this particular list is all about uh, learning how to balance yourself and maintain your mental health and your emotional health and 
and your relational health uh, that will contribute greatly to those things. The, uh, the next list I call the six intimacies. Uh, and they're there to build and maintain the healthiest, most fulfilling relationship in your life. Uh, and the six uh, intimacies are intellectual, emotional, physical, sexual, spiritual, and difficult intimacy. And we'll be getting to those in a later episode. And then lastly, the six autonomies. Uh, the six autonomies are there to help us build and maintain the healthiest, most fulfilling ability to engage in positive self-care and appropriate functional interdependence. Yeah. And the six autonomies include psychological, self-esteem, productivity, self-care, decision-making, and solitude. And so in today's uh, focus on the six positive practice uh, I'd like to mention that how these kind of came about. Um, they came about over time in my life. Uh, I'm a person who suffers with depression and anxiety and uh, stress PTSD as a result of birth trauma. Uh, and, and throughout my life in my education and my experience as a counselor, you know, I became familiar with cognitive behavior counseling. So, uh, you know, the first three items on the positive practices list are thinking, emotion, and behavior, which is very important, by the way, to cognitive behavior self-help or cognitive behavior uh, therapy. Um, the other three, physical self-care, relationship practices, and spiritual self-care, uh, those came about as... Um, you know, just my need to learn how to take care of myself physically. And uh, being in a, in a marriage, in a relationship, and having the, I would suppose, the usual troubles in marriage, figuring out how to uh, be married and to be in long-term relationship in a way that was as healthy as possible so we could get the most enjoyment out of our lives in our relationship. And then finally, the spiritual self-care that came about, uh, you know, I grew up in church, basically, uh, learning about spiritual self-care, uh, first as a child, of course, at that level, and then as a young man, uh, got interested in spirituality aside from just religion, uh, and then, you know, into college and university, having minored in theology, basically, in undergraduate and graduate school. My grad degree is in pastoral counseling. Uh, spiritual self-care became a, a, a a priority in my life. So that's kind of how this list came about, kind of organically through, uh, through my life. But when I uh, finally wrote it down and started thinking about it, I thought, wow, these are, these are pretty important uh, items. And if I could uh, balance these items, if I could manage these things in my life, uh, putting attention on them uh, in positive care of these, maybe my life would be less depressed and uh, less anxious and, and less stressed. And lo and behold, when I did that, those things came true. Uh, I, I felt a whole lot better. Uh, in fact, at this point, you know, my, uh, my symptoms have been in remission for about 25 years, which I'm grateful for. So the things that I teach you on this three by six model are things that I use every day uh, and have used extensively in my life in order to keep my symptoms in remission. I hope uh, that they can do the same for you. And I'm confident they can uh, if you embrace them and if you begin to work on them. 
So let's take a look at these uh, three positive, or excuse me, six positive practices in order. The first one is thinking. Uh, and what we mean here is what's the positive practice of thinking, Bill? Well, it's a, it's a self-disciplined uh, uh, method of monitoring our own negative thoughts. Because, you know, everything begins with your thinking. If you have a negative emotion, it's probably coming from your negative thoughts. Uh, you're thinking negatively about whatever the stimulus is. And then you have a negative emotion. I don't know about you, but when I have a negative thought and then a negative emotion, my behavior is most likely going to be negative or at least neutral, you know, that doesn't help the situation. And more likely it's going to be negative, which really doesn't help the situation. Uh, so emotion has a direct connection with our thinking. And what we think is what we'll feel. And what we think and feel is likely how we'll behave. Yeah. So what do we mean by uh, keeping a positive practice of thought? Well, it means uh, uh, that we monitor our thinking. Yeah, that's right. We think about our thinking. I know that sounds kind of weird, thinking about your thinking. It's a method of kind of stepping aside from yourself and observing yourself. What are you thinking about? Can you catch a negative thought when it occurs? So maintaining positive thinking is not just some Pollyanna idea. It takes understanding and real work to monitor and challenge negative thoughts so that they don't produce negative emotion. Because remember, what does that lead to, right? Negative behaviors that make our situation worse. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. Our world lives in an emotionally reactive sea of drama. We swim in it. If you don't believe me, just turn on the news, huh? Or go to social media. Uh, negative thoughts everywhere, everywhere. Negative thoughts, negative emotion, negative behavior, usually with negative emotions in the lead. Yeah. So to monitor our thoughts, yeah. Monitor our thoughts. And uh, we may not become aware of our thoughts. It might be kind of hard to do that, to monitor. So you, what do you mean, Bill? What do you mean by monitor that? You may not even know that you're having negative thoughts. And that's probably because you've been doing it for so long, like most of us, that you don't even recognize some of your thoughts as negative anymore because they're just always there, kind of like Muzak in the elevator. You know, you don't realize that it's there because it's always there. And then did you ever have that experience? Then you leave the elevator humming a, a song and you don't remember where you heard it or why you're humming it, yeah, it's just kind of always there, but it does affect you, uh, just like our negative thoughts affect us. So how do we become aware that we're having a negative thought? Uh, how do we monitor that? Well, the biggest clue is that negative emotion that comes from it. So whenever you have a strong negative emotion, or doesn't even have to be strong, when you recognize you're having a negative emotion, pause for a moment. Slow down the process. Trace the emotion back. Ask yourself, what am I thinking about that is causing this emotion? Chances are you'll find it. Then you get in the habit of doing that. As you practice that, you get better at it. You're able to monitor or observe your thought processes uh, with much less effort. It becomes a new habit, so to speak and you catch the negative thoughts 
a lot sooner. So now what do you do? Okay, you recognize the negative thought. Well, recognize it and admit to it. That's what I mean by recognition. You can, you can uh, tell yourself there's a negative thought. I've been known to do that. Uh, I've been known to be out in public and have a negative thought, and I say out loud to myself, well, there's a negative thought. It does get you some strange looks, but I don't care, you see. I don't care if I get strange looks uh, for my uh, efforts to uh, contain and keep my depression, anxiety, and PTSD in order. Uh, I don't care what people think. I do what's necessary to keep those symptoms at bay inside of me. Because you know what? If I don't take care of my symptoms, if I don't manage my depression, anxiety, and stress disorder, it destroys everything in my life. It toxifies everything. It, it, it toxifies pleasure in life. It, toxify, it takes away opportunity. Uh, depression, anxiety, and stress, they're thieves. They steal from us. They steal the happiness of our life. They interfere with our relationships. I bet you can recognize some of that, right? So I monitor, I catch the thought, I say, there's a negative thought, and I admit to it. Yeah, I have a negative thought right now. Then what? Well, then I embrace it. I don't push it away. If I try to push away a negative thought, it usually just comes back harder. So I need to look at it. I need to turn towards it and say, I see you, negative thought. And then I sit with it for a few moments. Because I don't want to throw it away. Uh, inside of most negative thoughts, there's a seed of truth. What happens, though, with a negative thought that has some truth in it is when it jumps on the emotional pony, okay, the bad stuff gets blown out of proportion. It just gets, uh, it gets totally skewed. And any truth or valuable information in the thought gets lost in the emotion, you see? So we don't want to throw out a negative thought or push it away. We want to sit with it. And then we discern. We spend a moment discerning it. And that's finding value in the negative thought. Uh, you know, we look at it. Is there, is there value in this? Is there any truth in this? Uh, or is it likely false, completely false? And we shouldn't put any uh, emotion into it. Uh, or is the thought exaggerated by my emotions? Then what shall I do with it? Yeah. So I do that discernment uh, process, and then I challenge the thought with logic. I challenge the thought with logic. Yeah. Giving attention to clear and logical thinking at this point is imperative. That's what really helps uh, to keep the thought from jumping on the emotional pony. Because when the, when the thought jumps on the emotional pony, uh, I jokingly say it's, it's a rough ride to crazy town, isn't it? It's a, it's a rough emotional ride. And I don't use that word crazy in any derogatory way at all. Um, uh, I have mental health issues myself. But uh, if, you, if you've had these experiences of a negative thought uh, leading you down the, the, you know, the rough road of emotional reactivity, you know what I mean. It'll make you feel absolutely bonkers, like everything is out of control. 
like you have no agency in your life. You have no control over anything. And that's a very, very bad feeling that I don't like. I assume you don't like either. So we challenge the negative thought with logic and clear thinking. And one of the best things you can do that, that I do, I'll, I'll share what I do, is when I have a negative thought, one of the simplest challenges that I use, I always fall back on it, is I ask myself, what if I'm wrong? What if this thought that I have, what if it's wrong? What if I don't have all the information? What if I'm mistaken? And in that way, I have the opportunity to slow down this process of a negative thought, hopping on the negative emotional pony, and then going on that rough behavioral ride. Get it? Yeah, I hope that's clear. And so in summary, you know, um, the basic positive practice with thinking is about monitoring and challenging your thoughts and resolving those thoughts um, to keep them uh, from jumping on that emotional pony. The next positive practice is, is uh, in, in our emotions. Um, you know, uh, if, you, if you suffer from depression or anxiety, you know how oppressive that can be. You know how oppressive your emotions can be. Um, uh, depression and anxiety are kind of like kissing cousins. Most of us with uh, have both of them, you know, if we look at it closely. Um, some of us have anxiety out front. Some of us have depression out front. doesn't really matter which one's out front because they, they produce each other, so to speak. So when I'm, when I'm very, very anxious or have been anxious for days, it gets pretty depressing, doesn't it? Or if I've been uh, depressed uh, for days, I get kind of anxious that it's not going to end uh, and that, uh, that I'm, I'm in a hopeless situation, yeah? So, so they're very related to each other. That's why it's so important for us to seek out positive emotions, to work at that, to work at producing positive emotions. And how do you do that? Well, we go straight back to thinking again. I hate to beat that dead horse, but it all begins with the way we think. Um, we can think our way into more positive emotion. It's, there's no doubt about that. We have to be very intentional about it. We have to create positive thoughts. How do you do that? What do you mean, Bill? Well, what I mean is uh, that you look for things. You look for things. I have something I call a little exercise that I do, uh, especially if I'm feeling anxious or depressed, especially if I'm feeling depressed. Um, and down. Uh, I call it my gratitude litany. And uh, what I do when I challenge a negative thought that seems to be reoccurring or, or heavy on my mind or on my heart, I shift my thinking to my gratitude litany. And the gratitude litany is really simple. I just start saying, usually out loud, once again, uh, I live alone, you know, so I can do that. Only the dog looks at me, I guess, when I begin to speak. Um, but the gratitude litany is just a list, and I actually say aloud, I say, today I am grateful for, and I say something, and then I repeat it. I'm also grateful for this. I am grateful today that it's not snowing. I'm grateful today for my dog, Abby. 
I am grateful today that I have work to do. I am grateful today that, uh, that I have a warm house to live in. Uh, now that sounds a little corny, doesn't it? It's like, come on, Bill. You know, who's going to do that? Well, I do that. And I'm the guy who's had my symptoms in remission for 25 years. It works. It helps. There's other ways, too, that we can uh, encourage ourselves to uh, have positive emotions. We can look around. Uh, we can look around for beauty in our lives. Uh, as I sit here at my uh, office, uh, my home office, uh, as I'm recording the podcast here, I'm looking out across the way, uh, across the road, and uh, beautiful sky. It's rather gray today, but the clouds are lovely. And uh, the trees, there's a forest basically across from, from where, where I live. And, uh, of course, the trees don't have, don't have any leaves on them, but there, there's a kind of stark beauty to the branches uh, of, of these trees and how they intertwine. It's quite beautiful. So as I gaze at that and consider the beauty of it, it causes me to have a positive emotion. Yeah. I'll bet there's dozens of ways you can think of to create positive emotions for yourself. Yeah. We can also choose to engage in favored activities to produce positive emotions. Uh, I do that. Uh, I know that exercise helps me create positive emotion. Sometimes I don't want to do it before I do it. You know, I'm a little reticent. But once I am exercising, and especially after I'm exercising, I feel very, very good. I feel very positive. I have positive emotions about that. Makes sense, doesn't it? Because exercise, uh, um, you know, lifts the endorphins in your body, which are the feel-good chemicals. Uh, the other way that I do that is... Um, uh, engage in other positive uh, uh, behaviors or healthy activities. I'm an artist. So uh, I've painted for years. I do watercolor and have gotten a new interest in, in acrylics uh, on canvas. I also uh, make jewelry. You know, I'm a very creative person. And when I engage in those behaviors, I'm producing positive emotions. And I really am very intentional about doing something at least once a day, usually many more times than that, but at least once a day, uh, to intentionally create a positive emotion. I think you would do well to do the same for whatever symptoms you live with. Then uh, the next, uh, the next uh, point of positive practice is behavior, which we've already alluded to. I hope you can see as we go on with these six how they kind of all intermesh with each other. They all affect each other. Uh, they're all part and parcel. They're just kind of like a big pie, you know, with six slices, and each each of the slices affect each other. So uh, uh, what do I mean by positive behavior? I mean work at engaging in healthy, positive behaviors and habits. Yeah, like I just mentioned, you know, with the emotion. Uh, one thing that helps me, uh, and this is back to thinking again, which, like I said, it begins with everything, begins with thinking, is I call it pre-deciding. And pre-deciding on a behavior is when you're in a really good headspace, for example, and you make a decision, a healthy decision about something you're going to do or consistently do, uh, then you've made that decision, you see. And when the time comes, you don't have to make the decision again because you've already made it. 
Here's an example of that. I love walking outdoors. It's my major way of exercising. But when it gets cold and wet and icy out and the dog really doesn't like going out there and walking through, she's just a little little dog. She doesn't like walking through too deep of snow. So I purchased myself a treadmill uh, that I have here in the house. And I pre-decided that, that I'm going to do 10,000 steps a day. That's what I'm going to do. It was a, I was at a point where my headspace was very good and positive and clean. So I thought about it, made the decision, made the pre-decision, got the treadmill, and now I do 10,000 steps a day. Well, I'll be honest, most every day I do 10,000 steps. There are some days I get very busy and, and can't fit them in before uh, I'm exhausted for the day. But that's called a pre-decision and developing a habit out of that. Uh, because you've already decided, so you do it. And so those positive behavioral habits then impact my mood, my emotions. Yeah. And back, if it helps me have positive emotions, it's going to backtrack, hopefully, and help me have positive thinking as well. Yeah. So the next uh, positive point of practice is uh, physical. Um, having uh, good physical positive practices, which are behaviors, I admit, you know, these are, these are behaviors. Um, but it's an attention and a focus of putting positive practices in your physical self-care. Things like exercise, which I just mentioned, uh, getting enough sleep, eating correctly, eating the right foods, uh, hydrating enough, getting enough affection in your life, enough hugs in your life having recreation in your life that you enjoy and having enough fun. All of these taking care of your uh, uh, physical health by taking medicines and visiting the doctor when you should, taking care of business, so to speak, physically. Those are very positive practices uh, that are obviously keep us healthy and we want to stay healthy, healthy for ourselves, but also for the people we love in our life. And then uh, the next uh, uh, positive practice is relational positive practice. And what that means is giving really positive attention uh, and learning healthy practices in our relationships. It's very, it's very uh, uh, mechanical relationship. You can learn the mechanics of it. And if you follow the mechanical rules, you get good results. Um, so paying attention to our relationship, having a commitment to learning and expanding our understandings and practices of healthy relating techniques. Yeah, anyone can learn these. Uh, that's what this podcast is about, is to teach these mechanical means to have healthy, wonderful relationships. Uh, for me, uh, you know, relationship positivity is a, it's a matter of personal integrity, you know, to follow through with using uh, the healthy relationship techniques. Um, uh, that, that's my part of the relationship. Uh, I have to do these things uh, because I have to look at myself in the mirror. I want to be as healthy relationally as possible. The, the last uh, positive spiritual, uh, positive practice is called spiritual positive practice. Now, that can be religious, but it doesn't necessarily have to be religious. And what it means is uh, engaging in activities, uh, uh, maybe religious activities or personal rituals that refresh and center us in a way that produces a sense of security, serenity, and satisfaction in life. Uh, 
again, it, it might be religious. You might uh, 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 go to church on a regular basis or uh, have a spiritual practice of your own uh, that you do. Maybe use scriptures or pray or uh, join prayer groups or Bible studies. All of those things are really wonderful as a spiritual practice. But again, if you don't do those kinds of things, maybe it's a walk in the woods that becomes a spiritual experience for you. Maybe it's one of the activities, the physical activities, that becomes a spiritual experience for you. Uh, it, or uh, maybe it's, um, uh, as I mentioned, an activity like painting uh, or exercise or singing or something like that. Whatever it is that you do pretty much alone that helps center you, that you become passionate about, that calms you, uh, that helps you understand and feel that life is meaningful. That's a spiritual positive practice. Uh, so those are the, the six positive practices. Uh, that's the first list of the three by six model. Uh, I really appreciate you listening today. Uh, I hope uh, the model is going to help you. And uh, the next uh, episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the six intimacies. Uh, and how important those are uh, for our relationship and for our own mental, spiritual, and emotional and behavioral health to keep us happy. Say thanks for listening today. I really appreciate it and uh, uh, hope to see you again. Bye now.